0: back episode 54 of the young old heads podcast i'm one of your hosts tommy aka tv sports cards and i'm here with my good friend and co-host max aka cards max aka cards max diamond anniversary edition max how are you doing
1: i'm doing well i'm elucidated now that i mean the light has has shined on me that platinum anniversary still exists and it wasn't just a one-time spin-off set, uh, Chromium edition. That's uh, that's the parallel state of mind right now.
0: I don't really understand the rhyme or reason behind like which gems are given to which year anniversary. You know what I'm saying? Like diamond anniversary. Why is diamond the 60th anniversary? Why, how does that make any sense? I don't
1: know. Oh, I thought you were thinking about platinum Chrome anniversary, not the diamond from 2011. This is what I'm talking about, though. Why is platinum 70th anniversary? How does that make any sense? No, no, no. I was talking about the 1952 Chrome Redux
0: release. I know. Before. I
1: know. yeah. Okay. I know. You're very you're very knowledgeable. You know.
0: But that's what they're saying. Like that's 70 years since that set. Therefore, it's platinum anniversary edition. You get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Uh, diamonds are forever. Diamonds are forever,
0: but I guess diamonds are only 60 years. I'm not a
1: business man, I'm a business man.
0: Speaking of business, there's been some business going on in the world of basketball. Um, Not a sports analysis podcast, but the Nuggets are up 3-1 ever. Never a sports analysis podcast, but they are up 3-1. It is looking likely that they are going to win tonight. Um, Not that the game has started yet. We're recording here at 6.58 Central Standard Time on Monday, June 12th.
1: which but, is an you know, inferior time zone.
0: Inferior, the weirdest time zone really only applies to Chicago. Um, sorry, the rest of the Midwest. Kind of irrelevant. But Jokic is going to win finals MVP in all likelihood. I mean, definitely. Um, Jamal Murray is along for the ride. We have some dudes like Michael Michael Porter Jr. He's kind of an underwhelming series. Jimmy Butler is clearly hurt on his ankle. Um, kind of a bummer. It would be nice to see the Heat at full strength against this Nuggets team. But... Um, I just have a top of mind Jokic stuff. Max, have you ever owned any Jokic cards?
1: The last and my, maybe the only Jokic card that I owned was a PSA 9 2015 Silver Prism. I want to say I bought it in about December. I cracked it. I sent it to BGS at 9-5. This was before Jokic had any MVP hype, and he historically is a slow starter to the year. So despite being... Bumping up to an, from PSA nine to nine five, I think I made a hundred bucks on the entire transaction. And then quickly after I sold it, Jokic stuff and MVP hype just started taking off.
0: That's usually how it goes, though, right?
1: Yeah, of course. He's, buy high, sell low.
0: Buy high, sell low. Um, Jokic is a favorite of mine in basketball in terms of just watching him play. I'm a big fan. Um, it is, you know, not surprising that he doesn't get a lot of hobby love. Uh, the big men historically have not gotten a lot of love but with Jokic I want to do a callback to a really old start of the podcast theories that we used to have uh, where you like to talk about unheralded rookies when rookie cards of guys who are not hyped up coming into the leagues that they are professionals in and how that impacts like how cool you think their rookie cards are so Max what is the first rookie card that comes to mind when you think of
1: Jokic? Uh, maybe because you premised this with unheralded rookies, but I'm thinking of the 2015 Donruss with him shooting a fadeaway.
0: The rated
1: rookie? Yes, partly yeah, because that's reminiscent of Christian Wood's rookie and that how both Christian Wood and Nikola Jokic have so few rookies that the lot of significant attention goes to the Donruss, and that makes us have valuable Donruss-rated rookie cards again, which is very silly.
0: Yes. uh, I totally forgot about that quick sec when the hobby was in love with Christian Wood. His base rookies were going for like 80 bucks for a sec there. That was real peak 2020 stuff. Yes. We've never left. We've never left 2020. Welcome to the Young Old Eds podcast, live from the year 2020. Um, But no, I wanted to bring it up because Jokic on TCDB. this is including printing plates, In all parallels, he has 231 different rookie cards, while Zion Williamson has 2015. So, Jokic has essentially... I mean, Zion has essentially 100 times the rookie cards of Jokic. Um, So, in terms of the things of, like, Jokic does not have a lot of different rookie cards, which usually, me and you, like, talk about leads to, you know, higher values being put on the base cards. Not as much competition. Um, Jokic doesn't even have a hoops rookie, I don't think. Um, He is missing a lot of the big sets that like nowadays in 2023, that's where people are going to find their, you know, collect their rookies and stuff. A lot of his rookies are like National Treasures, Noir kind of higher end stuff. Um, but you have, any, you have any thoughts, Max, on the Jokic collectibility? Like when you're going traveling around, how often are you finding a guy whose case is full of Jokic cards?
1: Um, it is a rare development. And by rare, I mean a present for me in all football basketball that uh, I do not know ball and that I don't really know much outside of prism and prism color. And obviously for the bigger players, optic and select, and then oh the big boys, you have flawless national treasures and contenders and other brands. But with that being said, it really just has to make sense when I'm targeting a card to buy. And usually the parallels are either hard to find at shows in the first place, And if they aren't hard to find, usually have corner. And if they are present, they either usually have corner damage, which most Prism has because Prism quality control is horrendous, or they are above comps, which is fine, which is cool, because parallel color can be hard to find.
0: Yeah. um, I did some binder reorganization this weekend slash binder creation. I started a Prism basketball binder with also tops Chrome refractors in it. So it's all Prism parallels and Tops Chrome basketball parallels in one binder. In um, doing so, you really get to be, you really get to see the year by year progression of Prism parallels for basketball. And one thing of note for Jokic, I mean, 2015, I'm going to make the case Max that 2015 is probably my favorite year of Prism basketball ever. Um, I love the all NBA insert sets, the all-star ones. I feel like they killed it that year. So I do feel like Jokic benefits from the good of Prism, and having a
1: Prism rookie card. Um, that I light, I don't know if it's universally accepted as 2015 being the best year of Prism. Given that there's only really Devin Booker and Jokic, obviously, in that set. I don't even really love the aesthetics. So here's my breakdown as someone who is artistically illiterate. You have 2012 Prism and 2013 Prism, which are just portraits, or action shots of the players. It's all chromium. The only color on the card is the logo, and there's a lot of blank, empty space. I don't know what that term is to describe blank, empty space, but it's present.
0: I'm going to look it up. Okay. I think I know. I think I know.
1: Okay, go get that one, Jamie. And so with that, you throughout the years, you're progressing more and more each year. You're getting less and less empty space onto the card. So now we have 2022 Prism, Not only with Monopoly logos, I'm not going to beat the dead horse to a pulp, but you have the courts as the background pictures, and you have action shots, and you have what is essentially just a chrome perimeter of the card and a player with an action shot. My preferred year of Prism, and I am biased because this is the years of Prism that I ripped, was 2013 and 2014. I think 2014, you have the Picasso-like cubism with the triangles, with the die cuts no i'm not saying with the die cuts i'm just saying there's a perfect amount of space but yet the design still flourishes
0: oh okay the word i thought
1: was the word was liminal
0: space liminal but i don't know i i looked it up in the definition You
1: you, you know what i mean though man right i know what
0: you mean man
1: yeah okay cool this is this is an art analysis podcast
0: yeah i was gonna say i Cards are art. We are on the record saying that collecting cards, you are allowed to say that you are an art collector.
1: So speaking of card art, I sold a Project 2020 card that I've owned since the pandemic, uh, Sophia Chang. So I don't know how deep down the rabbit hole many of these viewers were in 2020, but ended into the Project 2020 rabbit hole, but Project 2020 cards, some of their artists released companion cards which was just another way for the artists to make more money and they could do whatever they want. Cause they were just standalone pieces and they could say, Oh, it's a companion to the main tops piece for $20 that no one is getting in hand. So I bought at the time a Sophia Chang, who is a tops 2020 project artist um, companion card of Mike Trout. I want to say it was $90 and I think it was one in out of 10, orders would get an autograph by the artist on the companion card and i actually hit that i got the artist autograph one out of every 10 companion cards so there was a print run of 900 cards 90 dollars right so it is now 20
0: this person sold 900 of those at 90 dollars oh yeah oh my god what a time
1: yeah, let's get a quick little math check on that. Nine hundred divided by ninety dollars is eighty-one k that she made off this. And I sold the artist autograph, the one out of ten order poll on eBay today for forty dollars.
0: Has it been listed on eBay this whole time? Like,
1: apparently, like a year ago, someone I had it listed at fifty dollars, and someone's like, "Can you do 40 And I'm like, "Fuck no." And then, <laughs> then yet you know, they're like. Hey, it's still up. Can you do 40? And I'm like, fine.
0: <laughs> I Dude, do. I, I did that with a card yesterday too where I had been watching this Dustin Johnson golf relic for fucking two years probably. I threw in a, like a 30% offer on the card and the guy accepted it immediately. And I was like, well, shit, what am I doing? Why I
1: not? Like at the time I offered, I sent, used the send offer feature to send a $40 offer and it just was not responded to. So that hurt a little. Yeah. But well people go on vacation, you never know. Right now, but yeah, now I'm I glad. Have, I so related to that. I now have to find this card cuz this was in my earlier days of eBay listing where it wasn't as organized, especially with items that were not like just penny steven top loadable. So I dug through my full Project 2020 collection today. It is a mess. It's not pretty. I look past all Why, why are you why are you shaking your head?
0: What oh, what's is- what's this project 2020 pc
1: what do you mean you've never known that i was a huge project 2020 head no i knew you were a big head i didn't know you still had boxes of it what am i gonna do sell them for five dollars for shippings four dollars i don't know man oh, i don't, I don't think you know we weren't talking then you didn't take me out to dinner at this point yet we we weren't we weren't homies yeah we weren't we weren't besties yet no i was very very deep down the project 2020 rabbit I've made money. On, I made some. I think I might have made more money on it than I s- lost simply because I cooked some companion cards and I cooked some autograph cards. Okay. So actually, wait. I. Oh, this is kind of cool. So, the since we're reflecting on Project 120 Antiotes, do you know the artist Natural?
0: I've heard only three cards. Have I heard of yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So he likes the Picasso Cubism and his Mike Trout companion card was a trout being hooked by a fishing line but it's not a fishing line it was a mike mm. so mike trout and it's a honestly a gorgeous card he sold like 900 of them at 90 dollars, or 500 of them at 90 dollars. but uh regardless of that i think i bought he shot dropped gold ink artist autographs and i think i bought one for out of 27 and I bought one for like two hundred dollars or something like that, two hundred fifty dollars, and I sold it for like seven hundred. At that time, that was like my best career flip ever, and I own <laughs> a sick piece. That's sick. I it, I liked. No, keep going. No, it it is a sick piece, and the artist autographs are cool. But I, was I still have a bunch of junk, some bunch of junk in my uh, in my little holder, in my little Tupperware. I,
0: I would love to know what did you how many foils did you hit over the year over the time So
1: project 2020 foils were only a thing for I believe the last of the 20 cards for project 2020, 20 for each artist ah, okay' right. off so, far head yet is there any of those that
0: are like still popping off like still hold like a pretty high value value the over things, what they were sold
1: for the well there's a few I think the ermsey trout is still a three hundred dollar card. I wanted to do a full Urmsi run, but ironically, I don't think I got the trout or the Ichiro, even though the trout is very cool. Um, so that's three hundred I... bucks, though. That's pretty nice. So that's three hundred bucks, and I think the Natural Jackie is another big card. That's the, the 10... only. That's like think... the
0: only artist, though,
1: that like holds a premium. Um, no, just the specific because those are like the early print cards. Okay, I'm just seeing that a natural. Wow. No, yeah, natural Jackie just did about one hundred forty dollars. I love and
0: it. Let then- me get
1: your actual reaction. A PSA eight did sixty two, but though, but the thing is, like, think about the scope like this. Not only are they new releases, but or they were new releases at the time. This was during the COVID boom, while everything else was popping off. Like yeah. the reason why you would go for a project twenty twenty trout was because PSA tens were literally doing five thousand dollars. And that is never going to be attainable for almost every human being.
0: I like to imagine that in 2020, there's like a big discord of like artists. And then one of them is like, yo guys, like I found a way to make money. Like this is a loophole in life to make money. Like you just reach out to tops. You say you want to do a project 2020 card and then you can sell.
1: Well, it was 20, 20 artists doing 20 sets of cards. 20 artists doing one set of car each across. True, true. I no. guess, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just surprised about how much t- project 2020 education that this is just such, like, I still talk to, like, I have like a core group of people that were like project 2020 heads and I still talk to them and they're great. And half of them are Twitter or on Twitter and they're great.
0: Can you give some shout outs here to
1: anyone? Yeah. I was just about to go give some shout outs. Um I own
0: one Project 2020 card, one of them. Um one. it is I think it's the Ben Baller Ricky Henderson. I think.
1: Top Project 2020 cards are cool. To an extent. And that is to an extent. extent. Um right. I think we're I think we're done here. I think, I think we're, we're done with. What if we, Snoop Dogg had cards, man?
0: Fucking Snoop Dogg, dude. Snoop Dogg out here making cards.
1: I remember I'm just like telling my really friends, man, like every single one of these has been at a higher price than what they sold for. There's literally You're never f- one that has been less for what the retail was. And that was true.
0: That was true until it wasn't true, though. Um, yes,
1: that is, that is true. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm glad we had this really random anecdotal side note about Project 2020 cards, Max. I learned something new about you all the time. I knew you were a big Project 2020 fan. I did not know. Yes, I did not know you're still holding. Um,
1: Why, do you hate art, man?
0: I don't hate art. We had to transition from you talking about art to Project 20. That was just an easy transition. It had to be done. It had to be done, Max. Um, So
1: speaking of art, Nikola Jokic is passing.
0: Nicholas, not a sports analysis podcast, but he does have some beautiful rookie cards. You were hating on 2015 Prism. That was what brought us to this conversation somehow. Um, The light blue 2015 Prisms are some of the nicest cards you'll ever see. I'm on record. Um, And there's also a really nice Steph Curry card where it's Steph and then it's LeBron in the back. Did I cut out?
1: No, I was saying he's dribbling, right, or no?
0: No, nah, he's going in for a layup. I know our friend uh, Eric, uh, those back pages, he has a notorious thing about Steph. Has, I think, only one prism card where he's shooting. The greatest shooter of all time. All his all his prism cards are him dribbling or doing layups. Um, weird side note, weird fact about prism basketball there. No Steph Curry shooting once. I think... Trying to remember what year it was, but like there's that one where he's driving on Lori Markinen. It's like 2019. It's like who's making these decisions? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. Um, but I know it is a little bit of a fun gripe where it's, oh, yeah, you know, Fernando Tatis has a horizontal rookie card and he is fielding when he is not known for his glove or, you know, horizontally designed cards are pretty. Atrocious in general. So what is the decision making beside that behind that that makes that a choice for a marquee rookie card? I don't know. I don't work with the design at tops.
0: No, you do not. Uh but you do work for Cards Max Incorporated. yeah And I want to know what is Cards Max Cards Max Incorporated. What has he been up to this week?
1: What have I been up to this week? Um I've just carrying on from the last week's episode, I've just been buying a ton to grade or I've been trying to at least um, I've been buying more and more vintage. I own, I now own two Walter Johnson portraits, which is super dank. They're both ones, but they're both super dank. Um, I have to think of shows that I can go to in the near future, my real life schedule. And otherwise it was a little bit up in the air, but even the local show scene is a little bit dry right now. So just so that I can enjoy and I can talk about my pieces, my cardboard more often. And what I think is perfect about my PSA-1 Walter Johnson and my SGC-1 Walter Johnson is that the SGC-1 is very soiled on the front to where you can clearly tell the difference in color between that and my PSA-1, which is a PSA-1 MK because it has paper loss and scribbles on the back. And it generates the discussion Not just the cliche, oh, but my eye appeal, but the visual differences between the two cards are just so large and significant between each other that it's a very compelling point of, yeah, I'm going to be higher on one of these than the other, and I want to have a card for every person and every buyer, and where it makes sense for me to have a card to attain, it is my job to broker it and have it in someone's home. And in the meantime, fuck you, I get to enjoy it in my home
0: someone call you a card broker
1: oh these these price harper autos that i've owned for almost a year now are still in my hand yeah because they're sick and the market has not corrected to my satisfaction yet and they're sick
0: yes i'm glad you're still holding those i feel like that was a big young old heads topic at the time of purchases um one plus one equals two so i'm excited to see how the walter johnsons turn out and the difference in selling i feel like max correct me if i'm wrong here As you go down the grading scale, the range like the relative range of price gets bigger. Like PSA tens, the range is relatively tight, PSA nine a little bit wider, PSA eight even wider, all the way down to one. PSA one should theoretically have the largest relative price range. Do you agree with that or disagree?
1: That is absolutely true. Which is kind of incidental. Because you have the most variance in what can make a PSA one. And whether that's a pinhole or that means a card being completely destroyed, it makes it two different things. Yeah. Um, I and feel it,
0: like. No, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. And by that same token, like you can have, I mean, something that 1948 Leaf is notorious for is its horrible centering. And I know we. Some modern raw to grade submitters can get a little upset about oh, it has to be within 6040 at most, or usually within 5545 centering. But your PSA twos, you know, ignoring an OC qualifier because OC qualifiers are what a grade card grid would be if it weren't for the centering, you can have 90-10 centered PSA twos. And that's not just oh, the color or the soiling or the creases. That is just a mathematical this is what the centering is allowed to be. You cannot have a PSA 7 that's 90-10 centering. That is forbidden.
0: That is forbidden.
1: It is forbidden.
0: That's cool. Well, how much difference – Don't you don't have to say the actual value if you don't want to say, but for the Walter Johnson's, how much of a discount did you get for the one that's fucked up on the front as opposed to being fucked up on the back?
1: Um, people are very anal about paper loss sometimes. And my response to that, just from the collector and just genuineness, is that you're looking at the front of the card. I know I'm priced, like in my opinion, like the SGC one that I own is like a mid-range one, and a PS and the PSA one I have is like an above average one. And I think I'm priced on eBay on both of them. I think my Walter Johnson, I'm at 2250. And my SGC1, I'm at 1750. And yeah. that is like my logic for the pricing of those. And the thing with ones is that you also, especially with like vintage, is that you also have to look at the authentic the altereds and the authentic altereds. And what's a little crazy is that some authentic authentic altereds that look really nice will outperform other similar cards. And authentics in general, the appearance of the, of the authentic, and half the time, it doesn't even distinguish if it's authentic because it's just in terrible shape or if it's authentic because it is trimmed or color added or something else like that. So you also have to look at your authentic sales and try to at least digest them as to what someone is willing to pay for a PSA 0 or PSA 1 card.
0: Yeah. No, I, I'm i interested to see how that, that turns out in terms of what you end up selling them for. Yeah. Um, uh, I did... I did rip a box this week, Max. Which I haven't done in a while. Did you see what I ripped?
1: Um, This week? What you ripped?
0: So I ripped a Series 2 Hobby Box. Uh, okay. 2023 I, didn't know that was, two. I
1: didn't know that was two weeks ago.
0: No, you're good. You're good. Um, I no, pulled no, a nice... Like your,
1: your, your West whatever director TikTok is still ingrained into me forever.
0: <laughs> oh that rip of that weird product yeah no so series two i uh, just want to give a quick review here since i ripped it ripped a hobby i uh, pulled a nice little trout or not trout otani blue silver pack i think out of 150 so that was at least redeeming i pulled a out of 75 mookie bets uh world baseball classic gold parallel um and then what was the other one i pulled like a trout parallel insert that wasn't numbered um so overall, good box, Max. Best, best, uh, rip I've had from uh, just straight flagship in a while. But I do love the World Baseball Classic inserts. We did talk about World Baseball Classic cards, Max. They're finally coming out in packs. I have a box of World Baseball Classic, the like actual online release, waiting for me in Oakland at my parents' house right now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to rip that, Max. You, are you in on Anthony Volpe? Is this like, have you flipped any of his cards at all? I know we we do need to talk about the blue foil uh, parallel out of
1: 9.99.
0: That is just yeah, a ripoff.
1: We have a lot to discuss. So I'll talk the easiest one first. Anthony Volpe, ice cold as a player. Super, super hot and easy to move in spring training. Very, very difficult afterwards. I have an atomic out of 100 Bowman Chrome Auto that was a BGS 9, and I turned it into a PSA 10. Otherwise, I would probably be underwater on that card because I paid strong on it. And so, no, Anthony Volpe, very difficult to move. World Baseball Classic boxes. Very cool release. The boxes have tanked in price to like $50 per. They, while they were in limbo, not in hand, they were doing like $85 to $100 per, which is absurd. Um, but I think it's a pro-fun release. I am in on World Baseball Classic. You're not going to like this, Tommy. You know my... You are. This is not going to new new information to you, but... The problem with ripping, especially now that I'm progressively operating with more and more singles, is that the even the big... I know you don't do it for the big hits. You do it for the love of the game, which is why I'm pro from that standpoint. But even if you're doing it for the Julio Gatorade Bath SP in 2022 Tops update, that's a $200 card. PSA 10, that's a $600 card, or was at the time of release. Now it isn't, but at the time of release, that was $200 and $500 to $600, respectively. And with a, hitting that raw card, you're getting at like you're still operating at a loss on the box, if it doesn't gem, or you're breaking even, and that's a one and maybe 50-player checklist type, image variation type checklist card. So point being, unless it's a one-of-one one rookie, because really, that's it. Your flagship parallels aren't going to bail you out, really. Do you, have, do you have any chance that you have of hitting them? And yeah. Uh, the allure you know. of flagship, I don't know if it's just that you haven't had enough of a hype machine and, and baseball rookies yet, even with Julio Rodriguez. But it's just, I, I can't even, en- I the phrase that I've said on this podcast before and that I say now, I PC Gleyber Torres. I cannot pull any more Glaber Torres rookie cards from baseball pack from a. Tw- I cannot pull a Glaber Torres rookie card from a pack of 2023 Top Series two. I can't do it. I'd have to rip 2018 for that. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. I, I, I'll wrap it up. Buying not only is a cliche, but buying the card you like will get you farther in the long run. And ripping for the rip is very fun. That was my thorn. Okay, my rose is that online exclusive releases and releases where you're not familiar with the card design, you statistically have a much better chance at a big hit and something that at least freshes the taste up a little bit. Plus, not to mention it's lower printed, that you actually have a better chance of breaking even. But financials aside, I think online exclusives in general, and you know I'm a Toffs now guy, online exclusives in general yield a higher enjoyment per entry point dollar ratio for me. Tommy and I, they were discussing Free Show, the the dank to dollar ratio. And I think that's higher in online releases than there are in flagship and other primary releases. And that's because we're huge brains. Anyone listening to this podcast is a gigabrain. You recognize online exclusives exist when most of the world doesn't. They just see a pack in Target and they want to go buy it. They're not thinking about World Baseball Starship Classic Edition. No, that's for us supreme brains to think about. And that's why we're by ripping the more fun, unique product.
0: And that's because you're a oligarch, Max. Online exclusives are inaccessible. Uh, I don't like it. The way I think about it, and obviously I rip for the rip. I am spending money on this knowing that it is very likely that I'm getting $0 back, essentially. Um, Luckily, I got at least some money back by getting a nice little uh, Otani parallel, but... I love to rip online exclusives tough to find. I think they're often not the nicest quality cards. I mean, anything that's not a Chrome base card, I feel like is going to have a hard time sustaining value on the secondary market. I do believe all the autographs are also stickers. Max, correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong there. I think you are correct. Yeah. Sticker autos mixed with not interesting parallels. I feel like leads to like a bad online release kind of lazy by tops. Like at least give us something different than that like they gave us the oh world flag inserts like shocker it's the world baseball classic you're using the flag as an insert like that's pretty
1: okay do you want one of the coolest subsets of all time is tops 3d kind of not where i was going but acknowledged cool set 2014 tops update future stars image variations where layers with the future stars Logo on the cards had an image variation of I uh, maybe the World Baseball Classic team. I'm not sure. No, it's the feature Fe- Fe- features game. Features- features- I know it's future stars game. Yeah, future stars game. And you know, Mike Trout has a future stars, even though he wasn't didn't have a future stars in the main release, they gave him a future stars image variation. And I pack pulled that back in the day and it was sick. But point being, team flags are cool. The 2014 Bowman home state flag set or home country. Some of the coolest image variations that we have. I think Jake the Grom has like a Florida flag behind him. I don't know. Well, what that's it. That, no.
0: That's the thing, though. Max is like, you remember all these cool flag sets, and this one is so underwhelming. And it should be either the greatest one ever.
1: I, I was gonna say you're you're a George Carlin history brain in this chat right now. It's like you, thou shall not shame flags. I'm not shaming flags, dude. Sure, I'm I don't just, know what. The- what Serbia looks like, but I can point you to it on a map. There you go.
0: Um, Columbus did not discover America, um, but Max did discover cards and Serbia. Shout out Jokic. Uh, something that I wanted to talk about initially, and I totally forgot to bring this up after we got sidetracked with art somehow in the middle of this conversation. But I do want to circle back with Jokic real quick and talk about why big men don't get as much love in the hobby. Uh, and honestly max jokic is he more collectible than Luca at right now the present moment
1: no no to be honest man who collects anyone anymore especially in the basketball world ah uh, fuck off
0: so we got we got jokic we, we got
1: picture a person that collects Luca. I know more people that collect mellow than people that collect Luka. Hmm. Do I dare Jason. say I don't think I've ever met a Luka collector ever? Nah, you have. Who is like, oh yeah, like this? And I'm gonna I'm gonna poke fun at Jason a little bit. Wow, this court king's level four Luka Doncic 30 is fucking sick. I'm tripping on balls right now, and acid, just staring at it. I res- and if anything, and I, you know, I respect his testing, his collecting taste. I think the Donruss Elite PMG lookalikes are sick. But outside of Jason Dardick, who else has been like, yo, that's a fucking sick subset.
0: What about this question? Who would okay. you rather have? Who do you think is more collectible? Nikola Jokic or Justin Verlander?
1: I think I'm leaning Verlander.
0: So I was hoping you were going to say Verlander because I do yeah. think that as much hate as basc- or as pitchers get in the baseball card collecting world is like people always saying, oh, pitchers aren't valued high enough. Or, or there's a, always a discrepancy between the best pitchers and like, no, the I actual best. I feel like the,
1: the current events bias answer would have been Jokic. But I mean, truthfully, like, I've had a friend be like, hey, if you see Justin Verlander color Bowman Chrome models, let me know. Hey, if you see like – and same thing usually goes with Kershaw and Joey Votto and a lot of those guys from like the 2005 to 2015 era. It's like, hey, if you see color ink of these guys, I want it. If you see rare cards of these guys or chrome parallels of these guys, I want it. I That doesn't exist not just for Jokic but most of basketball. And here's –
0: What what do you think about the fact that like you're hanging out with people our age for the most part? And like the people that are collecting heavy right now are probably like the single dude, the single collectors that are like not have too many expenses. We go after those guys from that age range. Right now, the kid the people that are kids right now watching Jokic aren't gonna have just a ton of disposable income for another 10, 20 years. You know?
1: That's a good take. I think the correct rebuttal for that would be that okay there's lebron collectors but what is the strength of carmelo collectors and d wade collectors and obviously he's had a bad career but bad end of his career but right howard collectors chris paul collectors where this was our age of basketball where these players were in their prime when we were growing up the amount of collectors there i don't want to say it but i've noticed this in the basketball market more so that there are a lot of people that collect football, but I want to say half of the interesting basketball cards that I see, because I literally look at eBay auctions every single night buying cards. I've done it tonight already. I have my gigs and snipes in. I religiously do it every single night, starting at about five o'clock Eastern time. Almost, I'd say half of the interesting basketball cards that I see online at auction on any given time, are in Asia and they're being shipped from Asia. And that is a huge amount of the demographic that is whipping, ripping basketball wax right now. And those are the people that are spending big money on logo mans, on flawless patch autos, on every expensive card under the sun, because I don't think the domestic United States collectors exist. And apropos of that, that's why basketball has fallen off the hardest post COVID because that was also a boom to the hardest, the lack of collectors.
0: How much do you think the sneaker collector market impacts that? Like while baseball, I don't like other than signed baseballs, I don't think there's a single other thing you can collect in baseball related that is as popular as cards. While basketball fans, I think that the basketball shoe collecting world is probably overall has more participants than the basketball card collecting community. What do you think of that?
1: I think the... Card cl- The card buyers and sellers that were integrated from sneaker sol- culture have bec- either left, obviously, or have immersed themselves in cards deep enough to where they have are able to successfully pivot and merch football. In yeah. But, no, that's like, fair.
0: That's but I'm, I'm saying,
1: saying that's what I think happened. I think they also became football fluent and they just left the basketball once it started dipping.
0: Yeah, because the closest thing to the basketball card market is like the football QB market, or at least it was in 2020. It's the same sense. I, I I just hear that a lot though, you know, like basketball is a popular sport, but why is it not collected as much as baseball? I'm gonna throw that out there as a possible reason for that.
1: Um, really, my response to why is basketball the biggest sport but doesn't have nearly the market share or watchability in the United States that football has is always that that it's so much like the teams aren't People aren't fans of, okay, people are fans of teams in basketball, but the star player and their narrative and their cultural impact is what both brings collectors to it and what brings fans to it. You know, people are LeBron fans more than they are Cavaliers, Lakers, and Miami Heat fans. If you are a, like I'm saying, if you are a fan of LeBron, you're probably religious to LeBron.
0: Yeah. I feel like there are a ton of LeBron collectors and I do think there will oh, yeah.
1: be you didn't say LeBron LeBron is collected
0: I also a sneaky thing about Jokic is that he plays in Denver and I do feel like Colorado has like a disproportionate amount of sports card collectors for some reason or at least that is the feeling online like there are a lot of people who collect Denver sports teams uh pretty heavily Yeah,
1: I also That's f- why that's why the Verlander question made me hesitate and think a little bit because that is a niche market that has a very clear superstar and a very obvious superstar for where people would want to collect. And they're not big enough market to where people from all over the world would want to specifically collect Denver Nuggets cards, the way they would want to collect Dallas Cowboys and New York Yankee cards. So that's why I had to think about, okay, well, then Nikola Jokic outside that he is a center is the, has enough niche aspects about him to where, he can be collected, but isn't mainstream enough for everyone wants to collect him. Thus, I'm sure if this were a lesser basketball player, there'd be people with hordes of him in NPCs. It's just that he's, ex- for good reason, he's expensive.
0: Yeah, uh, I've, I I do think that's an interesting fact about Jokic, though. Is like just the Denver. Like he might, I th- I think if he wins, if they win tonight and he's Finals MVP, I think that that would make him the greatest Denver athlete of all time, minus John Elway. I guess John Elway's who he's competing with a little bit in that market.
1: Mm-hmm. All
0: right. I'm going to shut us down now, Max. We've
1: had a really yeah. incredible education. A, a, everything <laughs> in this podcast operates around Nikola Jokic. And I'm going to say that uh, for the next 30 episodes, for the next half year, until that's ingrained into every listener's headset
0: we're doing more for the Jokic market than anyone. Um, yes. This was a really weird one, Max, weird podcast, uh, but I do think it was very educational on the low, like very randomly turned super educational oh, throughout the whole thing.
1: We we really dissected what is collectability. Um, I think I want to roll off last five eBay buys just out of tradition and because Please I'm do. not... A- Um, Most recent eBay buy was a pack of 100 bubble mailers for $9.93 from the eBay store. So as an eBay store, you have a $25 coupon to use on eBay shipping supplies. And I forgot to use that in Q1 of 2022. And I'm using it now in Q2. You It resets every three months as the quarter. So it's not just an indefinite. Like all of them will expire on June 31st. So I grabbed, I think the listing price was $34.93. I used my $25 coupon and I got my 100 bubble mailers from $9.93. And it's cheaper if you go in bulk. I do a lot of buying and selling. I don't know if I can do, I think it's like 100, 200, 400. I don't know if I'm doing, I could be doing 200 bubble mailers every quarter, but I don't think I'm doing 400. So that was my first eBay buy. My second eBay buy and third eBay buy, which is something that you hate, are Sam Howell contenders autos. Fuck so going at all, I'm I'm going to lose money doing this. I think right now I've bought four Sam Howell contenders autos. I'm subbing two of them, and the other two rejected my test. And hopefully, this is Tommy Vaughn approved in the prospecting category. But I also bought a Jalen Williams contenders auto out of ninety nine.
0: Yes, yes, Jalen Williams, big big fan.
1: The Oklahoma City Thunder are my 13-year-old wet dream of 2K my GM.
0: Did I – have I given my Jalen Williams
1: thought on here? No, but you gave your Benedict Matherin thoughts last week.
0: All right, I've never talked about – all right, Jalen Williams, Santa Clara, great player. Other Jalen Williams, also great player, but – I have an idea for the Oklahoma City Thunder to increase marketing and make their team better. Sure. I think they need to move to a town that they then rename Jalen Williams. They then rename the team Jalen Williams. And then they make every single player on the team change their name to Jalen Williams. And then you have the Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams's with a full roster Jalen Williams.
1: Yes, but with Lou Dort.
0: <laughs> I do approve of Jalen Williams. If It's the one that I'm thinking of and not the other one.
1: Okay, cool. And yeah, I actually don't have a fifth. I don't think I have a fifth buy that's came in the mail this week. I had a Tamar Johnson Gold Bowman Chrome Auto that is about to go under the loop. Oh, and I bought a... Oh, no, I talked about it last week. Yeah, those are my eBay buys. You have heard it here first and last.
0: I'm glad to see that you're stocked up on Bubble Mailers, Max. I have a few eBay buys talked about. Uh, I am loading up on one specific card that I talked about a little bit earlier in the podcast history. Uh, The 2023 Top Series 1 Julio Rodriguez Gold out of 2023. Um, This card is selling for like $15 shipped on ebay right now and i'm buying it every single time i see it uh i'm gonna stock hold these cards and i i, I don't think i'm even gonna get rid of max i think i might just sit on for like a long time
1: just buy a bunch it's, of the golds it's such like i felt the same way with my trout tops plaque parallels and it do still kind of feel that way i just am in a love-hate relationship um it's such a cool feeling when you're intentionally owning multiples of a card like i hate to Actually, I don't hate to, but, uh like, I feel so, like, I'm probably going to hit the gym tonight, and by probably I am, because I'm not a little bitch. But now that I own two Walter Johnson portraits, it's like, give me a third. I want to have a whole desk of Walter Johnson portraits, and there's nothing you can fucking do about it. <laughs> Except like, buy one from me. No, they're not that scarce. But it's just, it's such a cool feeling of, like, you know, the people that just have, like, rows of mantles and you're having rows of golden state warrior parallels it's like it's the same thing and i'm having rows of bryce harper 661 autograph short prints 2012 autos and sam howell contenders autos rows of them it's like yeah i know what I'm doing. i am the market come at yeah. me come at me
0: but if anyone has sees this card listed for 15 dollars or less shipped i will buy it every time feel free to tag me uh, yeah. Speaking of prison basketball, 2017 prison basketball has a, is a unique year because it includes coach cards. Yes. Um,
1: Greg Popovich cards are cool.
0: Yes, they're very cool. Um, red, white, and blue being an X-Factor type look that year, also very cool, I think. Um, I have been stocking up on the Steve Kerr. Uh, I'm trying to do a little mini rainbow. I have the Mojo prison that I got off Hayden, H.B. Uh, Miller, The Man, uh, but I just added the orange out of 49. I got that for what do you think?
1: $13.
0: $15.25 plus $475 shipping. Okay. A little steep. Uh I did, was an auction and I did not want to lose the auction. So paid yeah. a little over 20 bucks for it.
1: You have to always run the auction. I mean, look, I like I I mean I do this for cards that I grade, but I also do this with any card that I genuinely would want. It's like if you want to buy the card, you buy the fucking card. If that if you think, "Oh, like if it's like if you're thinking about like what your max bid should be relative to market, add 10% of that and then make that your max bid." Cuz if you <laughs> want the card, you're buying the card. No one is going to bulldoze you. You want the card. Obviously in in my context, I'm doing it from a standpoint of I want the card to grade and make money and fuck you, I'm not letting someone go and take that from me. But if you're doing it from a collection, which is even more important because you never even know if it's ever going to come up again, then you secure the bag.
0: You secure the bag. That's the main lesson from today. Uh, yeah. The other card that I've or are... Actually, I got a Luis Garcia gold refractor. The guy,
1: which Luis Garcia, the, the Astros Louis pitcher. Astros or Nationals. Ooh, Astros is good. Na- not is a sports not well. I mean, you watch baseball and I watch baseball too, as my number one fan would say that Luis Garcia has one of the funkiest pitching deliveries in baseball. And the he is now the pitch clock probably ruined his. I think it was the pitch clock, but I'm not sure if they, I think because of the pitch clock, the part of his delivery went off the rubber and like no one no umpire ever called anything but i think because of the pitch clock regulations his delivery was a violation because he would have a little turn 90 degree angle and i think he would come off the mound during that so he had to completely i don't think completely but he had to modify his delivery and now he has tommy john and now he's under the knife not playing for the season
0: oh shit well guess how much his gold refractor out of 50 gold cup from last year cost
1: it's going to be under
0: $10. Would you believe in 99 cents?
1: Was it an auction?
0: Yeah, I wanted it. It was the only bidder on a 99 cent off $2 shipping. Got it for $3, basically. Uh, so that was fun no, one.
1: I'm, I'm pro that. Um, I think with set collecting, there is a love of set collecting, which is why it's so important. And really, especially because I see this when in dialogues with more vintage set collectors, like 33 Gaudi, the 50s top sets, the, to a lesser extent, the 60s top sets. The important thing to remember is that if you're set collecting, you can buy the full set cheaper always, but you're doing it for the love of it. Part of the issue that I have with T206 is that the first 520 cards, to an extent, you can just buy them. Like, it'll take a little while, and maybe you can, if you want it at the price you want, it'll be cheaper. It You'll have to take a little bit longer. But ultimately, you're not going to have trouble finding the first 520. With offbacks, and in this context, Tommy, parallels, you have to find them. Max, uh, single-
0: in 50 years, are there going to be people collecting sets of tops Chrome gold or fractures?
1: no which saddens me no i disagree oh, i, I disagree tommy if the answer were yes i would be collecting gold refractor sets every year why don't you do it because it's i'm not going to be able to maintain value in that
0: okay
1: like it, the purchase price of my gold refractor is going to be worth less in 50 years unless tops. it's unless it's 2003 tops basketball no one cares about the parallels. And it's sad. I hate it. I hate that so much. But that's just not a tenant of modern collecting.
0: Well, I'm going to disagree with you as our last statement here. I do think in the long run, those things will come a little bit more into FAD. And that'll be more of a thing in the future. I want to Especially- say,
1: think about it like this. Top Chrome, because I know, because I collected almost the entirety, almost, of 2021 Top Chrome black white Mini Diamond set. I was averaging about $10 a card. Including all the big names, you can roll your eyes. The trout costs fifty dollars. The Dylan costs uh, like fifty dollars. You know, there's any big name costs like twenty dollars because the print run is about four hundred or so, and there weren't that many of those boxes actually ripped. So with gold refractors, you have to think you have two, you have like two three hundred dollar gold refractors that exist. Maybe the average cost of that per card. Sure, you have your rare Luis Garcia auction wins at 99 cents, which don't really happen. Your average just a guy, your average jag is probably going to be five to 10 bucks. If I have a gold refractor, I'm probably not selling it under $15. This is just me as like operating under a brick and mortar standpoint and a business standpoint of knowing the value of gold at 50s or maybe no, probably $10. I probably wouldn't break five to $10. I don't think I'd break 10 on most cards, although there are some, Unless it's a really shitty player, but point being, it costs you have across three hundred cards, an average of thirty cards, an average of thirty dollars. That's nine k for a abbreviated three hundred card set. That's nine k. That's why it's bad. That's why you get worrisome. It's like if oh, and you if you and if you actually have the talent, the grit, the perseverance. You do a full gold chrome set, which I think is sick. The problem inherently lies in your conscious telling you that I am never going to get that 9K back. Not out of needing to sell it, but just out of like, wow, I'm a slick back piece of shit that eats sloppy steaks. I am never going to even justify this purchase to another party. I can talk all about that's what collecting is it's not a dick measuring contest but it is a boast of why you think something is cool to you and it's not if it's not to impress other people to impress yourself which is cool and that's okay and i love collecting i am a collector i am the true collector but in that your your conscious and your thoughts are a roaring voice and when it's that much money nine thousand dollars on a complete set of top chrome gold refractors that's sick, but I don't know if it's near five-figure sick.
0: Agree to disagree. Any episode that I get you to talk about your unfinished black and white mini diamond set is a victory for me, so I'm going to pat myself on the back there.
1: Yes. That's it's all because of Nikola Jokic.
0: Yep, and I will say that there's a lot worse ways. If I had $9,000 just laying around, I would absolutely build that set, and that sounds dope as hell. Um, yeah. I've seen a people spend a lot... More money on worse worse shit. And on that, Max, we'll see everybody next week.
1: Yeah, if you have any tips, DM uh, Tommy, which is the group social media uh, publicist. No need to DM me because I kill it on Hinge.